What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and one-and-done preview for this week's Northern Trust, the first leg of the FedEx Cup playoff. So what we're going to do is go through the tournament predictor tool. That is the tool on my website, rickrungood.com, that I have simulated the results of this uh, event 1,000 times. We'll compare those to the odds from various bookmakers and see if there's any value. And then we will go through head-to-head betting matchups. And finally, we will conclude with some one-and-done options as we come down the stretch of this season and we come down the stretch of your one-and-done league. If you would like to win access, uh, enter a draw to win a subscription to rickrungood.com, all the tools that you see, there's two ways to do it. If you're on YouTube, make sure that you've liked this video and you are subscribed to the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Comment below with who you think is going to win the Northern Trust. That's it. That's one way. The other way, leave a five-star rating and review on the podcast version of this show. It's linked in the description. It's called 300 Yards to Unknown. Five-star review, say something nice, and leave me your Twitter handle so I can get in touch with you. There are three live chats this week, Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. That's the Rick Run Good YouTube channel for your your straight-up Northern Trust live chat, questions and answers, ownership, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, Then 8.15 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday, that's the Jock Market Power Hour, all things stock market DFS. And then the Cut Sweat Show is Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern Yes, 4 p.m. Eastern time on Friday to go through all the cut situations, who's making it, who's not, how that's impacting lineups. It's a fun hang. There's always a couple of good moments in there along the way. Okay, let's jump into this week's betting preview. All right, here is the tournament predictor tool, and the results are, as as you can imagine, at least when you start comparing them to Last week, where I think 88 different golfers won the simulation at least once, uh, there was not many golfers who won it at least 4% of the time. I think there was only two last week, so the the conclusion was that it was kind of a wide-open tournament. Not so much this week. Only 50 golfers won the simulation at least one time. That's uh, over 1,000 simulations and nine different golfers won the simulation at least four times but there's a pretty big drop off this is a top heavy I don't want to call it a WGC but like something like that right where where generally speaking the cream rises to the top this is a larger field than a WGC there is indeed a cut so it's a little bit different but it is still one of uh, the strongest fields that we've ever had in fact uh, there was a tweet from Nosferatu, uh, who is kind of the OWGR guy on Twitter, saying that even with Louis Oosthuizen's withdrawal, uh, this this field is the strongest non-major, non-players field ever. I mean, it's absolutely jam-packed. So uh, to look at the results, John Rahm won the simulation 9.6% of the time. It's uh, 2.5% more than anybody else. It's significant. It is because John Rahm has been magnificent. Uh, When you look at whether this number is bettable or not, excuse me, the only place uh, that it, if you care about this, if you care about, you know, uh, the points and, and, and trying to shave every single point out of this, it's really only bettable at FanDuel, PointsBet, and Caesars, essentially the places that you can get him double digits to one, 10 to one or 11 to one. If you get him at eight to one or nine to one on DraftKings or BetMGM respectively, it is technically 
not a value because he is not winning the simulation enough to surpass his implied odds from those books. It is uh, obviously a very, very small margin when you're talking about that. But if you if you care about individual points and whether you're making a, a true value bet or not, it is something that you should note. Hey guys, quick break. You're probably always hearing me talk about Jock Market. If you don't know what Jock Market is, it's Stock Market DFS. It is an app that allows you to use real cash to buy and sell shares of athletes. I like it for the golfers uh, throughout the course of the actual tournament. So Wednesday night is the IPO. That's why we have the uh, Jock Market Power Hour at 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday evenings on the Rick Rungood YouTube channel because that's when you're bidding on shares of golf. Offers and if you win those bids, you get those shares and you can hold on to them until Sunday or you can sell them literally at any point as those prices go up and down. It really fills the need or the void uh, that I have as the tournament is being played in terms of a little bit of action. If you use the code Rick, you can get up to a $50 deposit bonus and I will be forever indebted to you. So make sure to download Jock Market in the Apple Store or get it on Google Play to join in on the fun. After that, Colin Morikawa and Jordan Spieth both won this uh, 7.1% of the time. I have I have no problem with that. Xander Shoffley won 6.1% of the time. You know, Xander, uh, listen, I, I don't want this to come off as like any Xander slander. Ooh, did I just coin that phrase? Any Xander slander. But this is, uh, l- listen, I-, I love Xander. He's obviously very good. He is very well-rounded. What I have a feeling we are going to do is put way too much stock on this uh, Olympic victory, just like we did for Justin Rose. I just heard last week someone refer to Justin Rose as the gold medalist. Five years later, we're still talking about that, right? So so I think people are going to put too much emphasis on this victory. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I looked this up earlier. The the strength of field number for the official World Golf Rankings uh, for the Olympics, which it, it takes into account other players in the field, all that good stuff, um, was less than that of a Sony Open victory or the Sony Open this year. So it's basically like if if Xander Shoffley won the Sony Open this year, would we be giving him credit for that for the next five years and using it as this benchmark as a way to describe him? Probably not, but that's that's what's going to happen here with Xander. And right now, um, you know, the odds are pretty reflective of that 18, 20, 22 to 1 in some places. I'm I'm probably not going to get there because I've already made uh I've already made two bets and I will round out my card later. But bet number one that I made uh is Rory McElroy. Five point nine percent of the time he won my simulation. Uh he is in the twenties, which is always a good uh a, a good price for him 22 to one at Caesars um, which by the way ever since Caesars rebranded from William Hill they are giving out crazy free bets literally up to five thousand dollars it is the best offer I've ever seen if you click this box right here find free bets in your states or go to rickrungood.com slash bets you can see if you are eligible for that the case to be made for Rory is very, very strong. And it's in fact, it is actually so strong. Uh, and I was a little bit slow out here at Circa, uh, which always has the best lines. Uh, somebody, somebody beat me to Rory and moved the line, uh, to 17 is the last I saw it. So someone got in there and moved, moved Rory on me, but here's, here's the case. Here's the case to be made about Rory McElroy. And it's, it's, it's pretty impressive stuff. So 
we look at his last couple of events and, and what do we see? We see a golfer who off the tee uh, is is really thriving. You know, he gains over three and a half strokes at the U.S. Open. He gains over two at the Olympics. He gains nearly six in Memphis. We then look at a golfer who now in six consecutive measured events has been dynamite on approach. And, and why is that important? That is important because that is the one aspect of his game that he lost uh, during the shutdown. Whether he was chasing distance, whether he was doing whatever, that's the part that he lost. And you can see we have not seen this good of approach play from Rory since the end of 2019 and into the start of 2020. That was the stretch where he won the Tour Championship. He finished third at the Zozo. He won the HSBC. Then he had the uh, the four consecutive top five finishes and then the shutdown. And then the shot, and then he just was never really the same since. But we're seeing the return of that. Uh, the putter is still very, very volatile. Some weeks he's going to be horrible. Some weeks he's going to be great. That is the perfect place for volatility, especially when you're trying to win. Uh, you know, w- wins are a ceiling outcome, an absolute ceiling outcome. And the fact that you can gain three strokes or four strokes uh, putting allows you to get into that ceiling. Some guys just cannot. So, so Rory McIlroy is the first bet that I have made. The simulator, <clears throat> excuse me, loves Daniel Berger. Uh, by far one of the biggest values of, of the top of the board here. The sim had him winning 5.6% of the time, uh, which at 28 to 1 or 31 to 1, like you can get him at FanDuel or 35 to 1 at points bet, it's massive. So, so to put this into perspective, we don't often see a value of two, two or more in the simulator here, which means that um, Daniel Berger won my simulation twice as often as the odds would imply him to do that at points bet. That's it's it's a crazy multiple, right? It's it's we don't see it often, especially for guys at the top of the board. Sometimes we might see it a little bit further down when a guy wins, you know, five out of a thousand uh, simulation, something like that. But Daniel Berger won fifty six out of a thousand, and and that's a pretty significant number. So I, I will probably shop this Daniel Berger number and get the best one. But the the other the other bet that I made uh, was on Bryson DeChambeau, and this is this is a little bit of a. Um, you know, not a, not a prayer, not like just like a, a, a hope and prayer situation. You know, the odds are long 28 to one at Caesars, 29 to one at FanDuel, uh, a little bit shorter at bet MGM. So you, you do want to shop it. So Bryson is dealing with a couple of things right now. He's dealing with on course troubles and off course troubles. Uh, on course troubles uh, seem to have fixed themselves. He is still completely dominant off the tee. He has gained strokes on approach in five out of six measured events, which again is something that this stretch here from from WGC concession to API or to to uh, Byron Nelson, excuse me. He was really hit or miss. His bad weeks on approach would be horrible weeks, and he really, really struggled. We're, again, starting to see him turn the tide there. Um, Around the green, he's still horrible. Uh, But putting, he's figured it out. 
So again, that same stretch over the summer where he struggled, he was also putting poorly. Well, now we're back to a guy who's gained in four out of his last five on the putting surfaces. You look at his bent grass history. He is, uh, it's one of his better surfaces, you know, coming from Bermuda, which he's okay at to, to bent, which he's much better at. This feels like a guy who the number has slid on and he's getting better. He's about to threaten. We know he has all that winning upside. We know that he's got, uh, you know, what, eight or nine wins at this point. Uh, prolific winner, that's a good combination. My only concern is this, the off-the-course stuff. It obviously bothers Bryson when people call him Brooksy, when he gets heckled. It has traveled with him for a couple of weeks now. It is certainly not going to stop when he gets to New York. I worry about that, but uh, these odds were a bit too long for a guy who um, who I think is is really trending in the right direction. At the moment, that's my betting card, Rory and Bryson. Uh, because of just the pure value that we never see, I will probably throw you know a a, a dollar or two or a, a little wooden nickel onto Daniel Berger just because we don't often see that, and I I like I like when the data lines up like that. Um, so I'm kind of sitting at Rory Bryson, and I don't want to go too too far. There is uh, going to be a lot of popular popularity on Webb Simpson this week. If you look back at last week, he not only led the field. In strokes gained approach, he led the field in strokes gained ball striking, which is uh, approach and off the tee combined. And the result, T7, actually looks worse than it was. He was one shot off of the playoff, one shot away from being into the playoff. So um, normally, you know, if a guy finishes one shot back of the guy who ends up winning. It's usually like a second place finish or a third place finish if there was a playoff, but because of the six way playoff, this result actually looks much, much worse. The strokes gain metrics are indeed much better. So there, there's a, a pretty good case to be made about uh Webb Simpson. And then probably one of, um, and I, and I love when this happens, uh, you know, anecdotally, my gut identified Ian Poulter, earlier this week as like a guy that I think I, I, I want to get access to. And then he comes out and he wins the simulation 1.6% of the time, which is pretty significant. And the, I, the other idea around Poulter, and we saw this with Cam Champ, not that I'm saying Poulter's going to win this thing, but the, the discrepancy between books shows that there is not a consensus in the industry. And that is a really good sign for us. 55 to one at DraftKings, 66 to one at Caesars and BetMGM, 75 to one at FanDuel, 80 to one at PointsBet. Circa has him near a hundred to one. I mean, that is just a large range of outcomes or a large range of odds for a golfer who Listen, I know the trope is overused, but it's a Ryder Cup year. It is him getting ready for the Ryder Cup. He finished 10th at the FedEx St. Jude in his last start. He finished 10th at Liberty National the last time we played this event there two years ago. He goes to Bentgrass, which is by far his best putting surface. This is a guy who I think, and he's won before, right? He's not afraid to win. It's just a really interesting situation. So uh, Poulter will be making my card because I'm going to shop that. I just haven't bet it yet. And then finally, uh, I, I believe the last guy that I would go to here is probably Hideki Matsuyama, 40 to one at DraftKings. Um, I, I think missing the cut for Hideki was probably a good thing last week. You know, he didn't play poorly. In fact, his, his metrics on approach were uh, phenomenal through two rounds. He missed the cut by 
a shot, missed it on the number. Now he gets to rest. I mean, he went from, oh my gosh, Tokyo to do the Olympics in his home country, straight to Memphis, uh, then straight to the Wyndham. Probably, probably could have used two days off. Okay, that's that's all fine and dandy. Now he goes back to Bentgrass, which he's basically a zero putter on. And if you get if you get Hideki as a zero putter, things are going to go really really well for you. So just to recap, I've already bet Bryson and Rory. I will get in a bet on Poulter at the best number that I can find. Then I have to decide if I want to go with Webb and Hideki. If I do, that probably rounds out my card. Uh, I'm 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 unlikely to make any more investments outside of that. I'm, I'm unlikely to go further down the board than Hideki Matsuyama. I'm treating this a bit more of a, uh, a, a WGC or something like that, where one of these top guys uh, is going to end up hoisting the trophy on Sunday. Okay, let's run through some matchups here. Uh, and actually, uh, so I'm using Caesars right now, and they actually have one of them is Bryson versus Brooks, and that's my default. That is my default matchup here. So just as I'm looking through this, uh, I have, uh, this is shockingly off. So I'm using since the start of 2021, which is uh, generally the time frame that I like to go to. We can, we can shorten this a little bit, but I have Brooks winning a matchup over Bryson 61% of the time, minus 157, and Brooks is plus 100. Bryson is the favorite here, minus 125, which is a little surprising because Bryson hasn't been all that good. Like I, I, at least in terms in terms of finishing positions, I like the way he's trending. As I mentioned, I already bet him to win, but he is one of the most volatile golfers. What, now, how do I feel about betting a matchup against a guy that I also bet to win? Uh, normally, I don't care about that because they're they're kind of two different, two very different things, right? One is I want I want the volatility from Bryson in the outright market that's going to pay me 28 to one. Uh, I don't want the volatility of Bryson in a head to head matchup when he's the favorite. And the other guy who's played really well is the uh, is, is plus is plus 100. So I, I'm, I'm, I know most people don't like to do this to bet a matchup against someone they've already bet an outright on, but I don't particularly care that much. Um, I'm just trying to shorten the time frame a little bit and see how this moves. It's still Brooks. Um, you know, unless you go, and this is a really small sample size, these guys haven't played all that much. Unless you go from June 1st, that was the only time I could get this to be like a 50-50 coin toss here. Um, so I think you have to bet Brooksy here. I think you have to. Here's another interesting one. And let me open up my time frame again. Um, Polter, who again, I also like in, a, in an outright against Lowry. Now, Lowry's been pretty good. His, his advanced metrics are also pretty strong. I have him winning this 56% of the time. Am I really just going to load up on guys, uh, load up in matchups against guys I've bet in outrights? I'm not sure this number is big enough. Both of them are minus 110. I have Lowry at minus 126. I don't include, obviously, the VIG in my calculations. I'm worried about that. How about this one? DJ and Rory. There's a lot. There are uh, every single matchup that I've looked at the, at this point. I think they've got the wrong favorite. So, well, maybe not. The uh, Caesars has DJ at minus 120. I have him at minus 148. Again, with the VIG, probably probably closer than that. That's probably even. Uh, and Rory minus 105 and, and DJ winning at 59% of the time. If we go a little bit more recent, yeah, DJ actually gets better here a little bit. Wow. This is shocking to me. My, my gut and the calculations are certainly not aligning, which is... Generally pretty rare. So I think we have at least one bet. I think we have Brooks over Bryson, I think has to be a bet. Lowry and Poulter too close. 
McElroy and DJ too close. How about I'm trying to find an interesting one? Burger and Cantlay. That's pretty interesting. Really interesting. Let's see. Burger and Cantlay. Yeah, okay. Wow. I have Daniel Berger winning this a staggering 68% of the time. Massive, massive number. He's minus 105 to Cantlay's minus 120. Now, Cantlay gets docked here because he had that like five or six week stretch in the middle where he was pretty sour. If we go just since, oh boy, I don't want to go too small here because it really starts to skew the numbers. Even if we go since basically May, I still have Burger winning at 61% of the time. So uh, I think we found two bets. Burger over Cantlay and Brooks over Bryson is probably the route I'll go. One and done. Uh, I actually don't think there's all that much to, to, to talk about anymore. <laughs> so so here's the updates for the Rudd Good one and done. We have three weeks to go. We are going to the Tour Championship. Uh, the leader is Caster Joshua. Graybo, the Herminator, Nash the Flash, and Chappy Chaps are all in the race to try to steal it away. Lots of big bucks on the line. We are, again, going to the Tour Championship. We are using starting strokes. And uh, I've been saying for weeks uh that we should really be we we should have been prepared like there shouldn't be a question anymore your 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 one and done might be over next week uh so you might have two picks left to make i've been saying for weeks that we should you should have been, you should know who you're playing this week you you should know and i still feel that way uh, i suppose if you for whatever reason have not been preparing uh, and you have to figure out who you have available. I, it's it's hard for me because I imagine you have used almost everybody. I think in a vacuum uh, and looking at some of the the numbers from the run good one and done, uh, Hideki was not a guy that I thought was used enough this year. You know, he he got the one win at the Masters. Most people missed out on that because they were not they didn't pick Hideki for the masters. And then after that, he got, you know, it, people are nervous to play him. Cause then they want to say, it. it's just this kind of thing where Hideki doesn't get used all that often. Uh, if you have him available, I, w- I wouldn't be upset with that. Uh, I would, I'd be happy to run him out. Now I know a lot of decisions and I, people DM me and they send me messages. I know a lot of decisions are like, I have DJ or Rom and I don't know what order to play them in. Uh, I would probably put them in that order. DJ this week, Rom next week. I think it's super thin. I think we are at this point of the year where play your gut, right? Like, like it is so, you probably have golfers left that are so close that you don't need to ask anybody else for their opinion. Uh, do what makes you feel right. You want to go down the rest of the way in this one and done league, you know, making picks yourself, whether they are right or wrong. And they're so close. You're probably not going to be wrong all that often. Or if you were, you, you lost a coin flip or something like that. So, um, I don't, uh, I don't know if I have much more for, for one and done for you. This is, this is what I could do is I could show you this. Um, so actually I'll pull up the FedEx cup standing. Cause if you do go to the tour championship, this is going to be your best friend here, knowing who is, going to be headed to the tour championship. So I'll be very interested to see what happens to Louie after this week, because the, the FedEx cup points 
are tripled, tripled for the playoff events, and Louis the only one not playing. If he can stay, I I had been saving Louis for the Tour Championship in in a couple of leagues, so it, it's a little bit concerning that he's potentially giving up, giving up some some possibility of, of of finishing position here because going into the tour championship is it is incredibly important to probably be one of these top five guys so the the, the two that I have held on to uh are Harris English and Louis Oosthuizen. and now Louis has forced my hand in one that I had to play Harris English this week because obviously he's not playing but I would have preferred to hang on to Harris English the rest of the way because even if he plays okay just kind of continues to tread water if he starts the tour championship at this would be 10 under 8 7 I guess it would be 6 under par he'd be one of the few guys who has a realistic chance of winning that event just because of how the starting strokes actually work so um that that is something you need to keep an eye on and if we get this week if we get a big mover this week right if I'm trying to think who would be a realistic like you might have already used Rory, but if Rory were to win this week, he would jump up significantly into the top 10. He'd probably get into the lead. Pro- probably most guys who win this week are going to go to the number one spot. I'm trying to see who you might have available that has a chance of winning. Like Scotty Scheffler, maybe. If Scheffler won and you didn't use him this week, he might be available for the Tour Championship or later if you're using starting strokes. Berger even, although you've probably used Berger at this point. Probably used all. You might not have used Camp Smith. He's 16th in the FedEx Cup standings. So something to keep an eye on. But uh, I'm hoping that for the last four weeks you have laid all this stuff out and you know who you're playing through the stretch. So I wish you good luck. Um, This has been your betting and one and done preview for this week's Northern Trust. Follow me on Twitter at Rick Run Good. And I will uh, talk to you guys soon.